All right, Christian, thank you for those updates there. Right now, we're going to welcome in our next live guest. We've got Alan Adler joining us live from California. He's there uh, covering the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. And Alan, give us a little bit of a rundown of what you've seen so far of the show. I know it just started. Yeah, well, actually started yesterday. Um, we uh, are seeing uh, three things that I can point to right now. A lot more attention to hydrogen in terms of really being real. You've got an announcement this morning we'll talk about uh, that just came out uh, involving Nikola. It is going to have 50 uh, uh, hydrogen stations that will be financed by a startup called Volterra. They've, uh, uh, Matt Horton's been on our shows before, uh, and we've interviewed him in the past as well as for, for this piece. Um, they have a lot of money, I mean billions of dollars in investment from uh, a European uh, uh, infrastructure group to invest, and they'll put up to a billion dollars into Nikola in terms of the stations, which is one problem that Nikola had. They have to find partners for these, right? And uh, so that's gonna that's a big, big announcement, really, uh, in terms of getting some infrastructure. First station probably next year. There's about four that Nikola's already announced uh, for California that they're working on, including a couple with uh, Travel Centers of America. But um, but this is big in terms of the partnership piece, because when I talked to Kerry Mendes, the president of energy at Nikola yesterday, he said, you know, he said, we are spending our money, our capital is going into building trucks. We need partners for the stations. And that is what they uh, ultimately came up with. Matt Horton uh, told me, he said, we've been watching Nikola since about 2016. And when we came out of stealth a year ago, with the funding, um, he said that was the first call we made was was to Nikola. So so as Volterra begins to build um, uh, sort of charging as a service depots, they will have um, battery powered electrification, much harder to get into the ground, and then also adding you know roughly fifteen to twenty million dollars each for the uh, hydrogen stations. So a lot going on there, Alan. When we're looking at in terms of um the roadmap for Nikola, what does that look like for them? Is it smooth roads ahead or are there going to be a few bumps that they have to get over? Any hurdles that we need to be aware of? Well, the biggest hurdle of all is one that we've written about, and that is that they're asking their shareholders to double the number of authorized shares at, at the annual meeting in June. Now, does this help that? I'd say yes, because whether or not Nikola as a company survives itself, what the work they've done probably lives on. Um, someone is going to ultimately operate these stations that are right now going to be batched Hilo, which is Nikola's new brand for hydrogen. Um, you know, Aveco, it's interesting, which is their partner in Europe. Uh, Garrett Marks, who's the CEO of Aveco, recently decided he would not stay on the board at Nikola. And uh, that suggests maybe that you'll see some kind of actual merger between those two, um, you know, to keep Nikola going. I don't know about the brand. I mean, that's hard to say. But ultimately, Aveco stands alone now. Uh, you know, they used to be part of CNI uh, Industrial. And uh, they stand alone. And, and arguably, they could be a rescuer for Nikola assuming we don't get the share authorization. Nikola's got a lot of debt they have to pay and um, uh, some of it to Antara Capital, which is a, a hedge fund. And, uh, you know, they need the extra shares to be voted into existence so they can use them to pay this debt because they don't have the cash to do it. And, uh, you know, so that's the other story that's going on at Nikola. But certainly on the infrastructure side and, and you know, I mean, with all the things they're trying to do, and it's a lot at one time, uh, build trucks, build electric trucks, build uh, fuel cell electric trucks. 
um, secure hydrogen, which, you know, the partnerships is really what they're bringing to the deal with Volterra because they've, they've identified and already signed on with a lot of partners who will get hydrogen and it will, will produce hydrogen. So uh, this is just a, you know, a multi-level uh, puzzle, I think, that you'd have to say of Nicola. But uh, Anthony, it's not smooth sailing, no. So Alan, as we mentioned, you were out in California there for the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. California just passed the Clean Trucks or the Clean Fleet Act um, earlier last week. And now we're now having to see these implications happening as early as the start of next year. With that, we mentioned, we talked to John Kingston yesterday about the need for infrastructure. What does that look like from a development standpoint? And how now does this Nicola role kind of help along that development of infrastructure for fleets that will meet those regulations? Well, I think, Kaylee, um, hydrogen is about a year or two years behind uh, battery electric. Um, right now, what we've got, and, and we had an opportunity to, to, to visit a Velocity dealership down in uh, in Fontana on Sunday, and uh, Velocity is tied in tightly with Daimler Truck, and they are already sort of the lead um, the lead electrification uh, out, outlet for for Daimler Truck, for the Freightliner E Cascadia. And uh, what's going to happen there is, the, you know, they're located just two miles away from uh, Tech Enterprises, which is the um, sort of doing the, the the infrastructure work for Volvo Truck. And it's interesting because that particular area has a lot of industrial and industrial areas are easier to bring power to than, say, urban areas where, you know, you don't have the, the big needs, the big demand for power in concentrated places. Think of a cold storage warehouse, for example. It takes a lot of power. Well, once the utilities are bringing power to a place like that, it's not a big lift to add some charging stations, right? So you're seeing a little bit more of that at the, uh, uh, you know, sort of the dealership level. Uh, we've got a lot of startups out there and and also, you know, some major players like Daimler that are pouring millions and millions of dollars into electrification and getting ready for infrastructure. The, uh, Daimler, BlackRock, and NextEra Energy uh, last week named their uh, joint venture uh, Green Lane um, to build out electric charging uh, infrastructure uh, and major corridors in California, Texas, and uh, and in the uh, uh, in the Northeast. That's because that's where the most of the electric trucks, by far, California, but most of the electric trucks will be going in the next couple of years. Uh, California has a lot of me too's behind it in terms of other states that have uh, agreed to uh, you know kind of follow the rules that. California is setting out. And so, you know, the truck makers right now, they can make trucks much faster than they can get infrastructure. In fact, uh, Rakesh Ania, who's the head of mobility, e-mobility for Daimler, said the other day, he said, I can get you an e-Cascadia in five months. He said, it could take up to five years to get you the infrastructure you need if they have to build a new electric substation. Definitely a lot going on. Definitely sounds like there needs to be tons more work in the infrastructure aspect of it. Alan, you also put out an article earlier this morning around Kodiak. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with Kodiak Robotics? Yeah, I want to I want to put this a little bit higher than a publicity stunt, but it is interesting that Kodiak decided they would go ahead and buy a Peterbilt Model 579 EV, which is on display here um, and is already being sold, uh, you know, by the Packard subsidiary. They decided they would go ahead and and they would. Uh, um, basically buy one of these trucks and they would put their autonomous system in it, uh, which they've done. So um, when I said the story, I thought it was kind of artful. I called it sort of the meeting of 
peanut butter and chocolate because eventually autonomy is going to be electric. It's going to have to be. I mean, right now the test units are largely running on diesel, which is fine. But uh, in next generation trucks, the generation after that, they're going to have to be electric. And it's not a really, really big lift to do an electric truck that runs on autonomy because you're really just talking about uh, you know, the fuel system and, and how you're going to uh, basically power the truck. So it's interesting. Um, at this point, the current Model 579 EV only goes about 150 miles between charging. So that means it's not really suitable for any kind of long haul work. However, um, Kodiak thinks they will go ahead after testing and put it in their fleet, find a customer. Uh, you know, again, they're still driving with safety drivers. Everybody is. But uh, they'll find uh, a customer for whom that will be workable and and they'll go ahead and do it. And what's kind of funny about it is that uh, uh, Aurora uh, Innovation, or arrival of Kodiak, is actually a non-exclusive partner with PACCAR and has been building the electric, excuse me, the autonomous trucks for, for PACCAR. So you've got all manner of these trucks around, but only Kodiak decided to go ahead and put the two together because that's really where this is going to go. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Alan, thank you for joining us this morning. Have a great time there in California, and we'll talk to you later on this week. All right. Thanks, guys. Right now, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more Fruit Moves Now. 